What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Light Shade Dispensary. Right now, they're featuring Escape Artist, which is the highest award topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD 20-to-1. Whatever they you want, they've gotten. Whether you're a, consu- or a casual consumer or a connoisseur, they will have everything as well at their 10 locations, soon to be 11 in the Denver metro area. Make sure to check them out and use the code DNVR for 25% off your purchase online or in-store, and you can get 25% off each and every purchase. Just use that code DNVR. All right, fellas, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach May, Sake at the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR. We are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. The A stands for Angeles, as in Los Angeles, where they are playing uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, I've always loved the fact that it wasn't Win Angeles. It was Los Angeles. Oh, oh. wow. Never thought about that. Yeah. 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 That helps me sleep at yeah. night. Oh, that also yeah. helps with uh, Las Vegas as well. Mm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. There's a movie in which it's San Angeles. You ever see Demolition Man? No, but I would know yeah. San Andreas. Right. Yeah. That's the one that I know. <laughs> After an earthquake, they, they refer to as the big one. It's in a di- kind of a quasi-dystopian future. San Diego and Los Angeles merge mm. into one giant megalopolis megalopolis that that a city on the west coast and all the restaurants are taco bell does hilarity ensue <laughs> there are some hilarious moments like there are some hilarious moments like if you saw the movie you would ask yourself how do you use the three seashells I, it's I a mystery know. of the I film because because as it turns out that's what they use in the bathroom, they don't no longer use toilet paper. They use three seashells, but uh, nobody but no explains, explains how to how. use the three seashells. Wow, mm. that sounds awful. Yeah, it oh. really does. I mean, you'd have to go soft side, of course, the round side. <laughs> how though? <laughs> <laughs> you might need some scoop action. Anyway. Oh boy! <laughs> but, but isn't the soup bone Inglewood though? Uh, mm. yes, or Englewood if we need an yeah, A for yeah, it. Seriously. Always up to no good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, anyways, I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl today, but not necessarily do like, we'll, we'll get into our picks, but I think what's really interesting about the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals is the path that they took to get here. Honestly, while at the top of the path, you know, they, they went to the same, um, like hiking area, but at the very beginning, there's two different paths you can take Mm -hmm. and they instantly went uh in opposite paths the um the first part of it is hiring an offensive head coach right um the the rams hire sean mcveigh and then the Bengals go and just take right off of the sean mcveigh tree and get zach taylor so that's where they started and both first-time coaches right young since then though 
the the way that they've built their teams couldn't be more different in my opinion you've got the rams on one side who have essentially just bought a team um now they they have some pieces that were you know pre-existing like aaron donald um and you know you can go from there but st louis drafted him don't forget yes yes so then but then you look at it like Mm. they traded for jalen ramsey they traded for matthew stafford they traded for vaughn miller they signed Odell Beckham Jr. It, it, it almost has like an NBA super team like feel, right? You just go and you, you get all these big names and you assemble a super team and it's worked for them, right? You had, they had the right coach and he basically said like, I just give me the talent, man. I just, and we'll, you know, I'll coach as well as anyone and we'll be in those, in those big games. And then you flip it over. It, 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 did you want to add anything to the style that, that the Rams have used to build the team? Well, what's interesting is like, this is Sean McVay Rams 2.0. Sean McVay Rams 1.0 actually was a lot of draft and develop. Because right. it's, like, it's like they took path A. It only got them so far with Jared Goff. And then this is plan B that they're on. Totally, totally. Well, what's interesting, too, with that is how far they made it and Sean McVay still abandoned that route. They made it to the freaking Super Bowl and mm. pretty much a playoff team every single year, and he said, this isn't going to be able to get me there. We need to do a completely different method, which is what you described, Ryan. And, yeah. it's, and, it, and it worked, you know, um, and that's what's important about it. The Bengals did the exact opposite, in my opinion. Um, they tanked. For better or for worse, that's what it was. Um, now it might not have been on purpose and you know, um, we'll never know now that we know that that owners are tossing out stacks for losses. Mm -hmm. Um, then it's much more believable in my opinion. Well, you remember after Zach got paid for the losses. Yeah. I I doubt he hits that. But do you remember about midway through the season, they were like, Oh, and seven, Oh, and Oh, and eight. And they benched Andy Dalton for Ryan Finley. Yep. And big time tank move. right? Yes, exactly. They actually made the move that a tanking team would have it, made the, then. And the best part about it is the fan and it also makes the fans happy and you get to make a tank move, right? Cuz when you're 0 and 8, everyone wants to see the next quarterback. Yep. But what what could you lose? Just put him out there. That's what I would be saying on this podcast. They'd realized Andy Dalton had taken him as far as he was going to. Kind of like Sean McVay realized Jared Goff took him as far as he was going to. And the most important thing about that was they kept Zach Taylor. They didn't fire him. Yep. Whether they knew that going into that first year with him or whether they just realized from bits and pieces that they got through that terrible season, this is the guy mm. we still believe in him. Because they could have easily fired him and said, we went with the first-time head coach, a young guy who never called plays before. He was Sean McVay's backup play caller, and it didn't work. We're going to go on. We're going to fire him, yeah. move in a different direction. No one really would have blamed him, but they stuck with him. It's the Bengals organizational M.O operating there because of course Mike Brown has worked for the Bengals since their inception he is still officially their general manager even though Duke Tobin handles a lot of the the guts the personnel but it's still his organization first his dad ran it and then he did and the Bengals have been a team over the years that have shown exceptional patience with coaches like for example they actually they had Don Shula's son Dave back in the nineties, and they were they were dreadful. I think they had they had they had they were five and eleven the first year. I think they were like three and thirteen the next year. Dave Shula made it to halfway through a fifth season, yeah. even though he never got above five hundred. 
And so they, they showed exceptional patience with him. They showed exceptional patience with Dick LeBeau, Bruce Coslett. And even with Marvin Lewis, they kept losing in the playoffs, but they stuck with him. Marvin Lewis ended up coaching that team 16 years without a playoff win. That's just the way the Bengals operate. A lot, uh, most people within the NFL, the, the Bengals are viewed as an outlier, kind of a mom-and-pop shop. They are, but they are also kind of infinitely patient yeah. with coaches, and it served <clears throat> them well here. My thought is, of course they didn't fire him. He was executing the plan. <laughs> right. And getting he, paid he got that. high I, marks for his first season. Yeah, I, did I, exactly what he was told to do. I think <laughs> they were just they were just bad, but naturally. Again, kind of looking at how the Bengals are run, I don't think that's something they plan. I think it's something they accept. I think it's something that they might not have planned before the season, but as the season started to roll along, I said, "Hey, if you realize your maybe team, winning isn't the best idea." If right you now. realize that that is your team potentially going into the season, isn't it smart to go with the young, inexperienced coach who has the high upside? Because what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to do really bad that first season. Yes. And then what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to do really bad another season, and then you're going to have back-to-back first picks in the draft. And then you realize he's not the guy. You move on. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So And I see some parallels mm-hmm. with what the Broncos are doing. Then they get a little bit of a stroke of luck, right? Because they hit on the quarterback, which that's not necessarily lucky when you have the number one overall pick, but you, you do need a little bit of luck. But more importantly, then he gets hurt. And so you – because they weren't going to be bad enough to get Jamar Chase – Last year, if Joe Burrow plays, the whole they weren't season. great. They were two seven and one when he got hurt. Okay, and what did they finish at? Four eleven and one. Okay, so they basically just continued on the path. I still think yeah. that they were going to win a few more games with Joe Burrow, but either way, doesn't really affect it. Then they kind of went counterintuitive, going with Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman. Uh, everyone thought you got to protect Joe Burrow, you got to protect Joe Burrow, and they said. We got to give Joe Burrow his guy is what we need to do. And they have been proven extremely right. But in the end, it comes down to, are you going to go? Because both teams were kind of, were in the middle or towards the bottom when they started this path. Um, Especially if you go all the way back to early McVay, you know, Um, are you going to buy your way up? Or are you going to allow yourself to go backwards a little bit? to then hit hit the bottom and go forward. And I think a lot of Broncos fans are saying, and, and I think that's why this is so interesting. A lot of Broncos fans are saying, give me Aaron Rodgers. Let's go be good for three years and figure it out after that. A lot of Broncos fans are saying, would you really want to be right back here in three years? Um, and I wonder if you asked a Rams fan. Now, I don't know how many more years Matthew Stafford has. Um, but he's if he, 33, so potentially, mm-hmm. you know, five to seven more. He's pretty but, healthy. Yeah, but he could also, you know, hang him up in three. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wonder if there's any worry about that from their side. And it, maybe it's not about hanging it up, but it's about just falling off. Like, Absolutely look at Matt Ryan. not. They're not worried about that. I don't think they are either. And, of course, Bengals fans feel amazing. They think we might have, we're a couple moves away from having a dynasty. Yeah. How could you not? And yep. and think about it. Like they basically delayed the offensive line construction a year. And I wonder if they would have taken Panay Sewell if you had not had an absolute stud receiver, a clear wide receiver one who already had experience with their quarterback. It was kind of a it was a, a unicorn type of situation, right? That you can bring in somebody who is a truly generational talent at receiver, 
and they're going to be up to speed faster because they've already this guy's already worked with Joe Burrow for a year. And it was almost like they said, "All right, let's just roll the dice that we can keep Joe Burrow healthy for a year here." And they're 60 minutes away from from getting him through this season unscathed and then we're going to build the wall in front of him. Yeah. That's and I mean the the Bengals another thing we'll get into it later. They hit on the free agents last year. I mean, they basically just came up ace, ace, ace in terms of, of the value they got for what they for for what they spent. But with I think it's who, what is it fifty eight million dollars of cap space they have? Who was the? Yeah, they can they can build that line this year. Who was the free agent who said something along the lines of like, are you going to play with? With Drew, uh, Joe Burrow or Drew Locke? Yeah, it was the uh, it was the defensive lineman, I believe, from the Cowboy. I don't remember where, but but yeah, that was a real quote. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that made his decision. Right. Right. Who was that? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was two years. It was two years ago oh, when Joe Burrow so was. It, was it DJ Reader? Yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that uh, and that was before Burrow had played an NFL snap. Think about that. Right. Yeah. That yep. is crazy. Yeah, and it really is. He was right. So then the question is, which path should the Broncos take? Which path is the best? And to me, it is so obvious. Mm. But there's a caveat to it. The best path is obviously Joe Burrow. You you go and you get your young quarterback so that you have the quarterback for the next two decades potentially, at least 15 years. That's what you do. I see what you but said by the, did with young, by the way, slipping that in there. That was nice. <laughs> Oh, yes, exactly. Definitely I, intentional. <laughs> but the issue, bless you, Allie, uh, the issue here is the Broncos aren't close to doing that. They're, they're not close enough to take that Bengals route this year and just be absolutely terrible. Yet they are on the cusp of potentially getting that, not just Matthew Stafford, a better Matthew Stafford. So you're saying essentially you'd rather go the Burrow route and, and go backwards. Yep. Because this would be the perfect year to do it, right? It would. Go what are you backwards. clinging to? You have five straight losing seasons. What are you, what are we latched onto around here right now? I, I have no idea. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I mean, I, I've been saying tank for a while now. You know, you you know what though? It's George Payton, not necessarily Nathaniel Hackett, but George Payton saying this is my second year now. Everything's under my belt. This is entirely on me now, and I'm gonna have a new owner here. And this new owner, if we go two and fifteen, this new owner could say, "What the." F is going on here. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. I'm blowing this all up. And oh. we know ownership might not be resolved until the summer, basically. I mean, the hope is it's done by the season. But the new, but the owner, you obviously, if you went with for this plan, you'd want the owner on board. But who owns the Broncos right now? And you'd have if you're going to execute this plan, you'd have to start with this plan, basically, at the new league year. Well, and that, that, that's what I'm saying. You're yeah. not going to know. This is right. on George Payton. So if he puts out a terrible product this year, it's on him. But can't you have a conversation with the new owner where you say, hey, look, there's two really great quarterbacks at the top of this next draft. Mm-hmm. We're going to start Drew Locke. We're not going to resign any of these defensive free agents. Um, and we're going to let Teddy walk, and our start backup Brett is Ri- going to be Brett Rippon. Start Brett Rippon, actually, because the thing with Drew Locke is he might be good enough to be kind of lower mid-tier, but on balance in the end, but wing you into a few wins. 
I don't I don't think you're Drew also Locke... like letting Bobby Massey go. And... See, and I think this is even more of a fantasy world than talking yeah. about the Broncos getting Kyler Murray. I think it's more realistic the Broncos get Kyler Murray than it is the Broncos start Brett Rippon and intentionally yeah. try to tank. So it's just it, it's a world that will never happen. There's yeah. too much talent on so, this roster to get away with this unless you have like unless you lose Judy Sutton Fant Bowles. Javante Williams, Justin Simmons, PS2, all the injuries. Yeah, I mean, and it's true. It's it's not likely. It's very unlikely that the Broncos, and they would have to, I mean, it would be hard for them to hide what they were doing if they didn't, you know, make any moves on, on the line and you let people walk there and, and you, can't you let tell people guys, walk in, in defensive uh, on defense in free agency. And you can't tell guys not to try. That's the problem. They're going to try when they're out there. And uh, like you look, have to put together a bad team. Look yep. at Miami back in 2019. They basically uh, they tried to tank more than the Bengals did that year, right? Yeah. And then you get to the back half of the season and Miami's, you know, they're 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 upsetting Philadelphia. They're they actually went head to head with the Bengals toward the end of the season and the Dolphins won head to head. So here's how you would do it. You would do what the Detroit Lions did. You would sell and you wouldn't hope that people get injured. You wouldn't ask guys to not try. You would sell. You would sell Bradley Chubb for a third, fourth round pick. You'd trade Cortland Sutton for a second round pick. You'd trade Jerry Judy for a second round pick. And it would be so obvious what you're doing. And then, Ryan, that's kind of George Payton's message to the new owner is, look, I intentionally am making this team bad this year so that not only do we have a good draft pick, but we have so much capital to rebuild. And that would be the selling point to a new owner is there was actually a plan. It wasn't just midway through the season you're telling a new owner, no, 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 this was the plan. We wanted it to be bad. But it, it's doing it that intentionally. It was very intentional one year ago what the Detroit Lions were doing. They, they were mm-hmm. being bad. And you would do things like take they on. traded their franchise quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. And, and for two first-round picks and take on big contracts. That's what the Broncos would do here. Yeah. It's, a, it's really interesting. I mean, I guess the best of both worlds where you don't actually have to tank is if you roll the dice on Malik Willis and win. Right. But how are you guys feeling about where he's going to go? He's going to be top five. You're going to have to move up. Woo. You're going to, at minimum, move up probably past Carolina. But PFF Mike said he's not even one of the five best quarterbacks. <laughs> PFF Mike said that Will Greer was going to be a great quarterback. Yeah, we've all had bad quarterback takes. We have. Fair. I know. Uh, but I, not seeing him in the top five, I was like, this is borderline disrespectful. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. That's what it's, it is. It's a fa- in that case, it's a failure to understand how the draft works and what teams are looking at at quarterback and how there's a quarterback premium. You have to accept that if you, if you think a quarterback compared to every other player in terms of just their talent, their abilities, if you think a quarterback is, say, 18th in the entire draft class, He's going to be top five, maybe even top three. Well, here's the, I'm not even disagreeing that he's wrong about Malik Willis. I'm not sold that Malik Willis is an absolute stud in the NFL. I'm I'm nowhere close he's got to like that. Desmond Ritter. It, well, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. But it's it's crazy to not open your eyes and see that he is trending way better than any other quarterback right now. Completely. I mean, his stock is rising insanely fast yeah. he got um, better from day to day in mobile you could you could see him incorporating the concepts you could see him becoming that- more comfortable under center and and look I, I don't mean to make the josh allen comp but that was josh allen's week four years ago right 
-hmm. He got better from day to day, appreciably better. And so you had this guy with these all this all these raw tools, all this raw athleticism, and he was quickly incorporating teaching into his game, which shows you that if Malik Willis gets to the next level, there's a good chance that if a coach tells him, okay, this is how you do it, it's going to become habit for him. He's not going to revert to bad habits. He's going to, he's going to be able to change his habits. Totally. Um, Malik Willis really excites me. I hate when this happens. Like, I just want, I want to be the only one who knows this, <laughs> you know, because like, it feels like every year I'm like, go all the way back to our first year at the senior bowl. It was like Baker Mayfield. He was like a fringe first round quarterback um, in a lot of people's eyes. I remember not to put him on blast. Like I said, we've all had bad quarterback takes, but like Mark Kisla wrote a column saying like the Broncos would be insane to take Baker Mayfield at five. And at the time I was like, he won't even be there. He's going to go ahead of it. It feels like every time we go into the senior bowl, there's some guy who's like unknown yep. that mm -hmm. we kind of like, and then he falls out and he's gone. Yep. And there's nothing that's going to slow him down. He doesn't have to go back to Liberty in the spring and put out inconsistent tape late like he did in the past. People know that already about him. The further and he gets away from the tape, the better oh, he's going to get. Oh, exactly. Yeah. What's he going to do with the combine? He's probably going to blow people away with his like meetings. Four, and he's four, gonna, oh, he's going to run. So I, I, I saw something where it was unofficial, but he ran in the four threes. If that I mean, happens, if he does that, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, he's you, going number one. He's number going one. number one, but the Jacksonville Jaguars will get a haul for that first pick. Or I, I really yeah, think so. Yeah, they get a haul, or it might be simply be Detroit saying, "Hey, uh, we coached him, we really like him. Can we just make a, a deal where we give you a pick to move up, and then you still get your guy because you're not going quarterback." There was a, yeah. uh, a draft, a respected draft analyst. I wish I could remember. There's so many, it's hard to keep track. Um, who said Malik Willis is the most elusive runner in the entire draft, not quarterback, mm, the I entire draft. I believe it, based on what we've seen. So someone's someone's gonna fall in love with them, and now you get back to the whole idea of like, are you willing to trade two firsts for him? Right. And it really changes the equation. Yep, it does. It certainly does. And we we just went from no quarterbacks in the draft uh, two weeks ago. To now an absolute you trade stud that you're worth willing to trade for. Yeah. Uh, okay, can, let can, me do, look, just to tie a bow on the on the subject. Yeah. Mace, what would which path do you think is better for the Broncos? Tear down, get the quarterback, build up from there. Ooh, like it. You disagree? Um, yeah, I, I just I, I I mean if I had full control of it, then yes. Mm -hmm. But I just I don't. First of all, I think the Broncos are like. For lack of a better term, scared of the fans, like they they can't really they don't do a very good job of like handling the blowback of bad football. And you have to put like we've seen bad football around here for the last five years. But they've you been trying to, to sell it as not bad football. That's so much worse football on the on the field than what we've seen. Mm -hmm. They've just been too close to being good um, in the last five years to even get anywhere near the number one or number two overall pick, which this year you could, you could probably go with either of them. Um, so I just, I don't think they actually have the balls to do it. Um, and, and it's because of the brand, honestly, I think like the brand of the Denver Broncos is like really strong. Um, it just, in terms of that's a winning franchise, that's a staple franchise of the NFL. No one thinks that about the Bengals. You know what I mean? It's easy for yeah. them to tank. It's easy for the Lions to tank or the Jaguars to tank. The Broncos, for I don't know, I don't actually agree with this, but I think they feel like 
we're above that. We're better they do. than that. They absolutely do. A hundred percent. And also the organization not being on the same page with a new owner coming in just after you have to make this decision on which way to go. The the general manager not being a first-year general manager like the head coach. Everything's just off right now. My, um, I had a conversation one time with someone, and I said, how many championships do your teams need to win in your lifetime for that to be a successful lifetime as a sports fan? And we came to the conclusion of 10. If you get 10 championships in your life, that was a great sports life. College or pro? You're counting all Total. Of it? And from, uh, from an entire yeah. city, not just one team. Yeah, just, or, or your fan base. Like, if you've got a collection. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you have a collection, so it seems unfair it, it, anyway. I think some we're thinking, of, we're thinking some Denver Some of us have sports. moved well, around. Know, we're I thinking know, yeah. Nuggets, Rockies, Avs, <laughs> and Broncos. But it's too easy to pick and choose the best team right. from that region. Not saying you did that. Each fan, my, each of the teams that I love win a championship just once. Mm-hmm. Woo. Yeah, I mean, in forty, yeah. in forty, in forty years from now, though, you'd be like, why haven't the Eagles won? Yeah, in yeah. forty years. Yeah, but but let's yeah. So Denver, then you're talking about three for the Broncos, two for the Avs. Although that looked like a team that was headed toward number three last night. Yep, they um, always yeah, they look a lot like that. Yeah, and then none for the Rockies, and so you're you're at five. And it, let's throw in CU in 1990. Well, that wasn't in my lifetime, but okay. uh, I would love to take that one. Um, no, no. So my, yeah. what I was getting at here is just give me the best chance at winning a Super Bowl. And if you get one, you just never think twice about anything after that. Like no one is thinking twice about getting Peyton Manning. It's just no one's even close. To I will say this, though, and, and I say this as a, as in my role as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer enthusiast. You know, you win the Super Bowl and then you don't win another playoff game for the next 17 seasons and then you win it again i'm just telling you that's that's a that's a grind guys totally is. that's rough and, and if there was a, a more clear path to just drafting a guy and making that the guy then i'd be in on that but i just don't think there is give me aaron Rodgers. give me a championship i get me to get me to six I'm trying to get to six <laughs> and then that year after you want to get to seven of course Aaron coming yeah. back yep um that was a fun conversation and i and i think um Either one. The problem is the Broncos have been doing neither. Yep, they've been right in the middle. And that's the thing that concerns me the most is if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, that it's Jimmy G to keep the ship afloat this year because they want to prove to the new owner and they mm. want to prove to the fan base that, look, no, we're still trying. We don't, and, and that's what scares me the most because then what do you do? You do what you've done the past five years. No and, one wants to be in purgatory. Just go to heaven or go to hell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, <laughs> you're setting yourself up to be the 2020s version of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, no one Good enough to, to compete, good enough to to give opponents some tough games, and maybe in a 10-year stretch you win a couple of division titles, but you're well, not. You don't. You don't accomplish anything notable. Maybe the Broncos can just get lucky and get the best player in the league in the last round of the draft, like the Denver Nuggets did. They'll be on tonight at the DNVR bar. Uh, You can come on down, hang out here, watch uh, our Lord and Savior Nikola Jokic dominate basketball like he does every single time he goes on the court. Uh, And you can watch with like-minded people and uh, and have a a great time here just cheering on the Nuggets. Um, Friday nights with a team on at the bar are undefeated. So come down tonight, hang out. 
You can get that new chicken sandwich that we have. You can get an RK special. I haven't talked about RK specials in a while. Yeah, Push those again. Uh, get yourself an RK special and a chicken sandwich tonight. Watch the Nuggets and uh, have a great time down here at the DNVR bar. And then tomorrow when you wake up, throw a scoop of athletic greens in 8 to 12 ounces of water. And, man, that will get your day started very, very good. And, uh, man, does it help with so many things. Well, what is Athletic Greens? It's a powder you get, and you just put a scoop in in the morning and some water. And not only do you get so many vitamins, you get greens as well. And you also get so many probiotics, which helps with gut. And it's it, 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 I've been on it for, what, a week now? And I'm already feeling so much better. It's such an easy thing to add to, to your diet, to your day. And it's cheaper than your, cup, uh, your daily cup of coffee. And all it is is eight ounces in the morning yeah i i'm i'm like an athletic greens addict now yeah. like i i feel weird if i don't have it in the morning i i missed one morning this week and i felt just off the entire day yeah it, it's, it's a it's something that you, you once you have it you're like wow i've been starting my day wrong my whole life yeah. um and you know i i have i have uh, battles with like um heartburn and stuff like that and i feel like that's been down for me ever since i started taking mm. the athletic greens so Highly, highly recommend. And if yes, yep. they do have travel pouches. You can get five free travel pouches and one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D by going to athleticgreens.com slash broncos and you get both of those with your first order of athletic of, of athletic greens. There we go. You imagine those athletic greens might help the guys on the American Raptors, perhaps. Mm, yeah. They should get in on that. They they could use they could maybe use that. Of course, the American Raptors, you heard talk about uh, talk about the Raptors, the Colorado Raptors, the Glendale Raptors. They're the American Raptors. They've rebranded and this rebrand is here to stay of course the american raptors they're composed of crossover athletes who are taking up the game of rugby so they come from basketball baseball soccer track you name it they're taking their athletic skills to rugby with the hope of upgrading the quality of athletes and players on the u.s national rugby team so you can check out their development over at Infinity Park, and you can watch him this season for free. That's right, for free. Go to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And if you can't make it over to Infinity Park, just watch their matches on AmericanRaptors.com. They're going to be streamed on their website. And, of course, our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you at DNVR Rugby and on the DNVR Rugby podcast. If you want to learn more about the game of rugby, there's always some rugby popping. And, hey, if you want to bet on it, plenty of opportunities to do that. Listen to the DNVR Rugby podcast. You'll learn about the sport of rugby. You'll learn the ins and outs and get to know a pretty fun game as well. Check all that out. Um, a lot of times we start our second segment with like a, just a, a news update. Can we get like a, I want like a music. I want like a specific music for that where I'm like, all right, let's go to Zach and sports. Zach, what's going on here? And then we feel like. Well, last night, Ryan, the uh, Hall of Fame <laughs> had their NFL honors and uh, some big uh, snubs for the Broncos. Uh, and the biggest one shocked me. I had 10 tweets ready to go for DeMarcus <laughs> Ware going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, guys, not only did DeMarcus Ware not make the Hall of Fame, I thought a lot of people ahead of him just mm. were not nearly as qualified. You know, some some years you're like, okay, there's 15 guys that should be in. I get it if 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 my guy or the Broncos guy doesn't get in. This year, no, I think it's a weak Hall of Fame class with an extremely strong guy in DeMarcus Ware who should have been in, and he was snubbed. Yeah, I don't think it's a weak class. I think it's a class that certainly lacks sizzle. But it just seems like they did that. 
the Hall of Fame selection committee as a group decided, all right, we've got some guys who've been waiting for a while. Let's just get them in and kind of clear the deck a little bit. Tony Baselli has been a perpetual finalist. And, of course, he's kind of in on the Terrell Davis case. Short career, but although it was short, it was brilliant. Baselli was on the trajectory that had him head toward being maybe the greatest tackle of all time before injury struck him down after just seven seasons. So He may I be the that. most deserving in my mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young. Tony Baselli, shout out Fairview High School. Yes, yep, exactly. Older. You can maybe argue the greatest player ever produced by, by the state of Colorado. Ooh, that's interesting. In football? Yes. Interesting. I'd have to think on it, but I like it. There's a, le- there's a legit case for that. And I'm, hey, you'd want that because he's he's, exactly. a, he's a Fairview guy like you. So, Bryant Young and Richard Seymour. I mean, okay, Seymour, let's face it, he's got the Patriot bump. I don't know if we're talking about Richard Seymour being a Hall of Famer if he played for, say, Cincinnati. Let's be, let's be fair. So here's what just like, I... for lack of a better term, just disgusts me about the Hall of Fame. All of the... Th- all of the little words that you just used, like, well, maybe the committee just decided this or, right. you know, oh, he got the Patriot bump. Like, it just makes me want to mm-hmm. bang my head into a wall. And I've always had issues with the Hall of Fame. And I honestly just don't even get excited or into it anymore because of all that BS. What blows my mind and why I thought it was a lock that DeMarcus Ware, besides being ninth in the NFL in all-time sacks, being a nine-time Pro Bowler, having all the accolades to him. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, but he was a Dallas Cowboy, and mm. that should not play into the equation, but it mm. does. Mm-hmm. I am I am blown away. That's <laughs> well, why I thought he was an automatic lock. He got the Cowboys bump up, but then he had, he had to fight against the Broncos bump he down. He had the Broncos back. <laughs> yeah. But he was a Cowboy when they weren't doing anything. But he's still a cow. Oh, Being I know. A cowboy I, I know. All the I, weight in the world. I, in these I, it things, usually I does. Thought. Yeah, but obviously, obviously. So, so you don't think Demarcus Ware should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think he. I, I didn't think he was a slam dunk. I don't think it'll take him. Lo- I don't think it'll take him long. Next year's um, a tough class. Yeah, and that's what's a bummer. Is like, like, but here's but like here's the argument that I think you, you can make for Demarcus Ware. Let's talk about sack numbers, right? Jason Taylor, 139 and a half sacks, had a career that was a little bit longer than DeMarcus Ware's. DeMarcus Ware, 138 and a half, wins a Super Bowl with Denver, is a part of a championship team. I mean, he wasn't just uh, a passenger that was on the Broncos nope. playing to Super Bowl 50. He was, he probably he and, and Von Miller were the plane. I mean, he had three and a half sacks right. in, in that he, run. It was he incredible. was just as good in the postseason run that year Underrated. as Von Miller. Yep. They, they they were they were equals, and I look at that on his resume and Jason Taylor and Jason Taylor was a first ballot. He had one more career sack, ha- having played uh, three more seasons. And Demarcus is waiting. So it, the it's, it's the ver- be just over right it's there. the it's varying it's the varying standards here that I think nuts. you can object to. I, I'm glad Baselli got in. Yeah, Le- Leroy Butler should have been in, kind of like Steve Atwater, should have been in a long time ago. And Sam Mills, that they, they need to squeeze him in. He's deserved to be in for a long time, too. Yeah, and my, that- my objection, I looked at Bryant Young and Richard Seymour and their resumes, and DeMarcus had a, be- had a better ledger. Not to mention, look at the, re- the receiver backlog continues. I think the last two in should have been 
Tory Holt and Demarcus Ware. Mm. And Brian, do you think Demarcus Ware should have been a slam dunk? Yes, like I do as well. I mean, it, it, you you said the case right there. But the problem is that it, it being a first ballot Hall of Famer is like one of the greatest honors you can ever have, and it's a sliding scale that changes every year, and it's just one of those things that's weird, like. Oh, well, one guy was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it, he got in in a weak class, you know, but he always gets to carry that first ballot Hall of Famer right. thing. And no matter what, De DeMarcus Ware never can now. And you mentioned it. It's a tough class next year. All of a sudden, you're not the hot name and you start just sliding down mm -hmm. the board and, oh, it's another tough class. Oh, and this is the year that Tom Brady's going, you know, and it just so that stuff worries me. And like I always say, I wish it, it wasn't so important to the players. And if it wasn't, then I would just swear it off right. entirely. Right. But because it matters to them, it has to matter to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. And something else that happened at the NFL Honors last night, Justin Simmons was up for Walter Payton Man of the Year for the third straight year. He didn't get it, but it's it, it's hard to be upset about that because it went to Andrew Whitworth, who, uh, mm -hmm. who is incredibly deserving. I thought he had a fantastic speech. My guess is Justin Simmons will be the Broncos Walter Payton Man of the Year next year, and he'll get another shot at this. I got to think at some point he does win this award. He needs the team to be better. I think that's – unfortunately, I think that's holding him back. <laughs> and that's where if you get the quarterback – Come hell or high water, if you're if you're a play if the Broncos are a playoff team this year, would not at all surprise me if that's enough to make Justin Simmons Man of the Year at this time next year. Potentially. And speaking yeah. of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers won MVP for the second straight year, and a little controversial speech. Nothing he said, but the way people interpreted it. Mace, did you hear the speech? I, the speech was interesting. Well, did, did, did you I, hear I, it? I did hear it, so, but I think the comments that he gave afterward in the press conference were actually more illuminating. Well, and, and let's talk about the speech really quick. One thing he did in the speech was he thanked everyone with Green Bay. He thanked his teammates. He thanked his coaches, made a little joke at Matt LaFleur uh, in, in a fun way. But then he thanked the people at the top of the organization, including the general manager, which he obviously had many problems with over the past couple of years. But he said over the past few months how, how that relationship has gotten much better. I took his entire speech as, shoot, he he seems very happy. I mean, he thanked all of these guys uh, and wasn't afraid to single all of these guys out. And I thought, darn, a lot of other people took it as uh, this yeah. was his goodbye to the Green Bay Packers. I didn't take that at all from it. I, I took it as thanks, guys, for doing things the way I wanted to do it and getting me back-to-back, -back, helping me get back-to-back -back MVPs. Yeah, what he said after. Well, what, what, how did you interpret well, the, the speech? I thought you could find reasons for everything in that <laughs> speech. Reasons that he's leaving because he kind of talked about the 17 seasons and was very reflective kind of on the past. Um, reasons to stay because he's thankful for that i mean basically this is what do you want to see from it i could see re you could see retirement that's what i saw and honestly if i got if if you're looking at the three possible destinations here trade most likely to denver staying in green bay retirement and said okay which vibe did you get the most from me I got the retirement vibe Same. a little bit more. And that's not what I wanted to hear, so I wasn't just right. seeing what I wanted to hear. And, and then right. when he had his press conference after, I mean, he had a, he had a lengthy answer. He, he, he said things like he talked, he praised the coaches. He said, it's bittersweet losing Nathaniel just because I love him like a brother. He's an amazing guy. And Luke Getze, younger than me, but feels like an older brother. 
as far as where he has in his life, excited for him as an, and his opportunity. Going to miss those guys, though. Mm. And it was interesting. So he talked about Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getzey and that he's going to miss them. He, of course, he prayed, He said more to kind of praise the Packers organization, mentioned Brian Gutekunst, mentioned uh, Russ Ball, who's kind of the does a lot of fi- the finances up there cap-wise. Pays him. Right. Yeah, I would think that guy too. <laughs> but also, but there, there's a lot of manip- you know, work being done on the contract. But then he, al- he also said this, quote, I talked at length various, at various times about being comfortable walking away and just not playing. I don't want to create more questions than I probably already have, but I don't fear retirement. I don't fear moving on. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished, proud that I've accomplished it in Green Bay over the last 17 years, and I'm excited about the future, whatever that ends up being or looking like. Also still highly competitive and still that bare taste in the divisional game, so definitely a lot to weigh, unquote. Mm, it, it really sounds like he is trying to convince himself to retire that it's him trying to swallow the fact of he's done. You can't retire as the best player in the NFL. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I won't allow it. It's what the about, next what best. About, it's what next about best. Tom Brady? Yeah. I mean, he arguably, he, sh- he yeah. should have. A lot of people said no. A lot of people think he should have no. been. I mean, there are two. Second gr- best at best. What are the two best ways to retire? Retire as the best player or you retire winning the Lombardi. And it's damn hard to do either. Maybe he looks at it and says, okay, I don't know if I can retire winning Lombardi. I mean, literally, at quarterback, only John Elway and Peyton Manning have done that. But this is if I can't do that, this is a pretty damn good way to go out. What? And, and look, he he's in the celebrity culture. You know, he's a, he's hosted Jeopardy. He'd like to he'd like to be a permanent host of Jeopardy. And if you're in that celebrity culture, if you're kind of if you have that showman in you, one of the things is leave him wanting more. Man, my we had this conversation what a week ago or two weeks ago when Tom Brady uh, retired. It's not even close to me going out on top as a winner is so much better than going out on top as in terms of, uh, of a player. And if he's speaking of that competitive nature, mm-hmm. I would hope that that competitive nature is talking about winning, not just him being really good. Well, and that's you know? why like the, the responses that he gave, whatever you want to believe. He said something to affirm that. If you want to believe he's retiring, he said something to affirm that. If you want to believe he go, he he could go to Denver, there, he said stuff to affirm that. If you if you want to believe that he's going back to Green Bay, there's stuff there. There was something for everybody in his speech and then in his responses after. Unfortunately, and I've been on the Aaron Rodgers. It all signs are pointing to him becoming a Denver Bronco. I think everything he said last night points to him either playing with the Packers or him retiring. I, I think those comments in his think- speech and then also those comments after pointed more so to retirement. Maybe it's just about what mood he's in that day and ha- how he true. talks about it. You know, it's very true. Maybe Do you want to go through this year after year, month after month, though? Maybe he – I don't – sure. Um, if you've got him <laughs> if on If you have team, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, I don't care about yeah. anything else. Um, like maybe he's going to be on the match in a couple weeks or something. And that day, he's going to be all talking about, oh, you know, I've, I saw Tom do it, and I saw Peyton do it, and I see all these guys, you know, go to another place, and it looks like they have so much fun meeting a new fan base. And, like, again, I'm just saying, 
it's a possibility that last night he was just in it feeling, you know, uh, nostalgic about the Packers. Also, I think something that we can't ignore with Aaron Rodgers is he likes the drama. He likes totally. the spotlight. He loves people talking about him. Uh, th- this is the will see comment that we talked about. That was 100% intentional in my mind. He does everything intentional to keep the spotlight on him. You said he's, he's a Hollywood guy. He is. And you know what Hollywood people, they want the spotlight on him. So I wouldn't be, he, he says this is going to wrap up soon. I don't think it's going to wrap up tomorrow. He, I think he's going to draw it out as long as he can with being respectful to who I think he cares about the most in this is Devontae Adams, mm. is to make sure that... Not Shailene? It, yeah, <laughs> no, I think Devontae Adams is his guy. <laughs> his work spouse, I think you can say. He's all, he's all about, like, kind of playing to the audience, right? We'll see when Broncos fans are yelling at him, that's playing to the audience. Totally. Uh, again, I think it's playing to him. It's, I think it's he a, wants he, to play to him. He's a, show, he's a showman. Mm. At the at this at this point in life, based you know not only as a player but even the, the the part of him that really wants that wants to be hosting Jeopardy at some point, he's a showman. Do you think I would, he knows? I would love for him Do you guys to be think a he knows? What he's doing? Yep. No, I think he hasn't made. I, I think it is legit that he hasn't made up his mind. But I think he also enjoys kind of seeing how everybody jumps on the breadcrumbs that he puts out there that's that's what it I is do, to me i think he knows what what yeah. he's doing and, and I think this, he knows what he's doing like and also there. if exactly if it's retirement i think it's going to be tough for him to swallow being in tom brady's uh uh retirement class and wow. uh, hall of fame class but i think the further he stretches this the further away he gets from Tom Brady and the more conversation it'll be about him. But what Real if Tom quick. Brady and comes back with is, another team? It's all about him. Like, uh, that's that's the thing. Like, What if Tom Brady is using this to try to get traded to his hometown Well, club? I think that I is what's happening. I yeah. don't think you can retire at peace when you're the best player in the league. Just don't think you can. And I think Tom's going to battle the exact same thing. When he looks out there, like, let's say he doesn't come back before the season starts. When he starts looking out there on Sundays and watching all the crap quarterbacks that the NFL has to offer – and realizing, oh my God, I'm so much better than all these guys. He's gonna, it's it's gonna kill him. It's gonna eat away at his soul. I think it's the exact same thing though as John and Peyton retiring. Uh, even even though they were on the downward, especially they when were on they the see, downward. It, Neither exactly. of them were close they were, to winning. They were hurt. But those two, but they were injured. But when they see the Broncos the next year miss the playoffs and look so different, they probably say the exact same thing of yeah. man. Look, they they lost an inside linebacker and they lost Peyton Manning. They lost, you know, a, a corner in free agency and they lost John Elway. They probably view it the same way, though. Yeah, I I think that there's just something about still being great that makes it extremely difficult to truly move on. I could see him retiring and then coming back after a year. Hmm. Like he just, I think how many Michael Jordan sat out? What like two seasons? Two, two seasons, three seasons, thereabouts. Was it that long? I thought it was yeah. one. No, just over he, one. Re- he retired in 98. 99 was a strike year. 2000. He came back. Oh, in you're, the talking fall. About, you're talking about the second time. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm not talking about when he left the Bulls mm. midway through. I'm talking about when he left the Bulls after winning the sixth title, and they showed up with the Washington Wizards three years later. I don't think it would be three years, but I could see Rodgers sitting back for a year and then be like, okay, I'm coming back. Why did he go to the Wizards? He had part ownership and like he was mm. team president. It was like it was a weird th- it was like a weird thing, but because because of that, it was arranged for him to just 
step out of the front office. I see what we're saying. Play. We're saying Peyton buys the team and then comes back (laughs) next year, baby. Oh God, Uh, Peyton. Well, that that was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I think that I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. I think he's. I think he wakes up every morning, and depending on his mood, he changes his mind, and that's why we keep getting mixed signals. Then maybe we won't know in a month from now. All right. Last thing we got to get to here, boys. Super Bowl predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and really quick, you can get those Super Bowl odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where right now they're giving 56-1 to 1 odds, of course, for Super Bowl 56. If you bet $5 on either team to win and they win, you get $280 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. No better way to start your account with that. We're about to give our picks right now. You can piggyback off those, or you can say, I don't think you guys know what you're talking about. I'm going to go the opposite way. And, of course, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer. That's code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. If you win that $280, you're going to have a big smile on your face. (laughs) You're going to want that smile to look pretty, so you're going to go see our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with our friends over there. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're probably talking Super Bowl over there this week, all big sports fans, big Denver sports fans especially. Maybe they're talking about that big Avs win last night. I know they're big Avs fans, so check them out. They've supported us for a long time, so if you support them, that means a lot to us as well. All right, boys. You know World War Three is trending right now on Twitter? Seems fine. <laughs> uh, let's go into this game really quick. Uh, we do have some questions to get to, so we won't go too long here. Zach, what are your thoughts? Mm, I love Joe Burrow, and I love Zach Taylor, and I love what they're doing. I, I can't get past Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd against that Bengals offensive line. Joe Burrow... He's done fantastic, and they had to do this against Chris Jones last week, and they were able to get it done. Somehow, Joe Burrow, and again, he's fantastic, was able to get sacked nine times against the Titans and win. But I think there's a difference between the Titans' defensive line. I think there's a difference between the Chiefs' defensive line, even with Chris Jones, than there is with the Rams and Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd. I love the value play of Aaron Donald and or and or Von Miller being the MVP of this game because I think they are going to destroy the Bengals offensive line. And with that said, I like the Rams and the four points. Oof. Okay. Mace? I like the Rams. I think they win by double digits for the exact same reasons. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna they're gonna control the game at the line of scrimmage. This is going to be a bridge too far for the Bengals protection. Joe Burrow will make some plays, probably uh, bring, you know, down the stretch, garbage time. But I think the, I think the Rams, they're going to control the pace. They're going to control it, the line of scrimmage. They're going to win comfortably around, say, 31 to 17. Mm. Are me and May still tied in our picks? You are both 47 <laughs> and 32. Well, I'm not going to let it end the tie. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would rather lose than tie. Um, and so because of that, I will take the Bengals. Um, I, I have a hard time imagining how they're going to do it. But mm. they are number one in my team of destiny rankings that I formulated at the beginning of the playoffs. Um, so I, at least they have that on their side. Uh, a little bit of destiny is what they're going to need because – not it's not even just a pass rush that scares me. 
then you just throw Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase. Yeah. It's like, okay, so now you're asking, you know, T. Higgins and whoever else out there to get open quickly um, because Jamar's locked down and the pass rush is coming. Yep. Uh, and that scares the hell out of me. I think they're going to have to run the ball really well. Yep. And that's a big ask for a subpar offensive line. But maybe, you know, Matthew Stafford throws a pick six or something like that. You know, things like that completely change games. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ride with the Bengals. I don't feel great about it, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not letting this end in a tie. I'd rather lose than tie. I love it. And, of course, with these picks, we're not picking against the spread, so you don't even get the four points. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay, fine. <laughs> okay, I love it. And what's crazy, not only, what, your team of destiny heading into the playoffs, the Bengals had the second worst odds to win the Super Bowl in the preseason. They were 125 so Vegas to 1. Vegas is rooting against them. Oh, yes. And mm -hmm. you got to imagine the Rams were a top four team, right? You probably put the Chiefs. I don't think Vegas was putting maybe the Bills, I guess, actually. Chiefs, Bills, uh, Bucks, Bucks uh, and Packers. So maybe top five team. Uh, top probably. five. So, yes, they definitely want the Rams to win this. I wonder how much action they actually brought in on the Bengals. Right, so. right. Oh, gosh, and thinking about it, it's so easy mm. to do, what, nine months later? Why would you not sprinkle a little bit on, on the Bengals at minus 125? I was really worried before the season just about Joe Burrow coming back. That's true. Um, healthy. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't like the fact that he was going to start the season because um, I was just worried about his, his knee and his health. Uh, I thought they were rushing him back potentially, but – they, they, you know, they, it feels like, de again, destiny. It feels like every button yeah. they press is the right button. Yep, it really does. It really does. Mm -hmm. And just, just to be fair to the Bengals and their defense, you know, they have some guys who create some havoc back there too and make things difficult for Matthew Stafford. But they don't, ha they don't have a cup stopper. Yeah. The same way that they, that the, the Rams have a chase stopper. Mm-hmm. It's a great point. And that's gonna, mm -hmm. I think that's gonna really be the difference. Yep. And Sean McVay going to get his first Super Bowl. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. That guy. Hey, can you imagine the party he's gonna have? Oh, it's gonna be epic. Cabo, do we just? Go post up in Cabo. Just yeah, hopefully shows next him. week. Yeah. Hey, brings him one step closer to that broadcast career. I think he's gonna have at some point. His voice is like a little bit tough to listen to. I gotta admit, Tony Romo doesn't have the greatest broadcast voice, and no, but it works out fine. It doesn't like I don't know. Sean McVay has like a cringy tone, to me at least. Like when he talks, I'm like, all right, are you done yet? <laughs> and it, and I, 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 it's, I don't want to feel that way because I like the way I like I'm, what he has to say. I think he's like. got a lot of personality though. He like does it, that, and that's the thing. Like if, if your, if your voice isn't kind of the classic broadcast voice, you bring the personality. It's fine. I mean, John Madden didn't have a classic broadcast voice. But I don't he had need a, a huge, classic broadcast a, voice. His voice is just overtly annoying. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. Some people have all. said the same about me, so I, <laughs> I, I understand, Sean. Guys, really quick, on DraftKings Sportsbook, what would have to happen for this bet to hit? Plus 15000 for the position of the MVP to be an offensive lineman. Oh, man. I just don't know if it's possible without two touchdowns mm. <laughs> so andrew whitworth shuts down the cincinnati Bengals, and that because it's got to be a name right and yeah, he's the biggest yeah. name and then he goes out and what he catches one and from matthew stafford and then gets a fumble and runs yeah. it in. <laughs> it would or it would have it would have to be 
whoever for the Bengals is on Aaron Donald. Like, kind of, you remember? Because remember that Bronco Chief game in 2013? The story was Chris Clark shutting shutting down, I believe, Justin Houston in that game. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh! Like uh, Peyton Manning wasn't touched. Like, if you'd done an MVP for that game, it would have been Chris Clark. So, oh, uh, that's that's the only way I could see it. But again, there's never been an offensive lineman Super Bowl MVP. Is, so this seems like a real a fool's errand to bet on this. Is MVP decided by the media in attendance? Uh, it's like a group of like 50 media members in attendance. Yes. Okay. So, uh, do they get to do they get to like deliberate? <laughs> Does they do get to make a case. They do, and 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 also if it's like if it comes down to the last minute and it's off, and they they can kind of check with everybody and say, oh, well, so and so had the game winning touchdown pass. You know, you're okay with the vote? Because I was going to say a like sliding thing. I got a vote for all Pac-12 tournament team when I was covering that, mm-hmm. but like it just there's just a link, and then you just go on and and, leave and then there's a, there was no like deliberation. Is, is there still van the fan voting that's like counts as like five percent or something during for the game Super Bowl MVP online? If so, They've you'll definitely see it on commercials throughout the game. Yeah, I was going to say, that. if it's like presented by Breckenridge Brewery or right. something. And it would be. Yeah. You know it. it th- that would be a good investment. Though. What's What's more likely, an offensive lineman winning MVP or a kicker. long snapper? Oh, <laughs> offensive lineman for sure. <laughs> you yeah. get kicker, well, long punter. snapper could have like a forced fumble on a punt. Pick that, it up, return mm-hmm. it for yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. That and, wins the game. And if it's a 10-7 game. Oh my god! <laughs> what about uh, McPherson Super Bowl MVP? Mm, let's they win see. fifteen to ten, and he's five for five, yeah, what's... all from fifty plus. Um, that I can't. F- I'll, I'll look at that when we. Okay. Oh, I could nope, actually nope, see that plus thirteen thousand. Let's go. I could. Okay, that's maybe where the sprinkle. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That that's the one right there. I think if you're gonna just take a flyer, why not? That's the bet. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, that excites me. DJ Reader. We talked about him earlier, right? Yes. Plus 30,000 to be the MVP. Wow. That's a lot. That's yeah. more. That's three times as much as a kicker, essentially? <laughs> yep. Yep. Ah, that's crazy. Yep. Must, they must not expect him to play. Logan Wilson, local uh, local yep. guy, plus 50,000. That's cr- I feel like that's crazy. We've seen a lot. We've. Unfortunately, we have seen, seen a it. linebacker win a Super yeah. Bowl MVP right here. Yep. Unfortunately and fortunately. Well, yeah, I guess if you count, I, I was thinking more Black, interior Black inside Malcolm Smith, yeah. Uh, all right, let's yeah. uh, let's jump into questions. I know we got a couple Super Chats here, so let's hit those real quick. Oh, just one here. Uh, from Animani. Anna, Anna yep. um, with Ware failing to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, do you feel it'll be even more difficult for uh, Vaughn, where has significantly better career numbers? This is a fantastic point, and one of the things that uh, that, that I should have mentioned earlier because I, I definitely thought of, and yes, absolutely. I thought Vaughn Miller, I didn't think Vaughn Miller was a lock for first ballot, but I, I thought either. he was certainly trending that way, and now he's not trending that way. Uh, he, he has to win on Sunday. If he wins on Sunday, that will help. I don't think – I think Super Bowl wins help the quarterback position a, a lot more. Now, if he gets Super Bowl MVP, then, then yes, over, he, he's yeah. a lock. And that is one thing that Vaughn does have over DeMarcus is the Super Bowl MVP. But like, like Mace mentioned, DeMarcus Ware was almost just as important in that playoff run. So if these deliberations for the Hall of Fame really are, you know – 12 hours or people in a room and it's not just going on a link and, and clicking uh, based off numbers and it is deliberation then demarcus Ware should have had just as good of a chance because of that playoff run that vaughn had um so yeah i, I don't think that vaughn miller has as good of a chance at 24 hours ago i would have thought he's the first ballot hall of famer right now i don't 
but he is trending better with the Rams right now. I wonder how many like high profile edge rushers have won two Super Bowls with two different teams, you know, because uh, it was very rare for a quarterback um, just a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, now we've seen it, you know, twice in the last five or in the last six years. Um, so I'm just curious. Is that a tough thing to do? You know, is it tough for any position to win a Super Bowl with two different teams? But it, it probably does not happen that often. Charles so, Haley. So, as a pass rusher. Yes. So there you go. I mean, but I think it's I think it's one of those things that's going to be a huge feather in his cap. Mm. He wasn't just part of a dynasty, you know, or they just won back to back or whatever. Like he won on one place, he went and and he was the guy. Mm-hmm. He went and had a huge impact on another one in another place. I think that'll that'll really help on top of having the Super Bowl MVP over DeMarcus. Man, he's he's still 30 sacks shy of DeMarcus. Can he have he can have 3 10 more sack seasons. Yeah. Um, or 4. But is he going to? Because the way he's playing with the Rams right now, I say absolutely. The way he's played with the Broncos the past two and a mm-hmm. half years and now obviously one of them was an injury, mm-hmm. no way. If he stays with the Rams, he'll probably do it. Yep. And that would be him, you know, building the legacy would yep. be staying with the Rams. Yep. Also, his postseason numbers, the, the fact that he keeps racking up sacks yep. um, in these mm-hmm. playoff games. So you think he, it's, it's, you're kind of making the argument that he has a better chance of being a first ballot than DeMarcus? I think all he needs is winning this game on Sunday. Mm. And he's a lock? And he's a lock. Wow. Wow. I would have felt the same before yesterday. Yeah, I was before, before this, I've been saying I don't think it's a lock yet. Um, but I did say I've always remained. He gets that second ring, he's in. There we go. Should we jump into the comment section? Let's do it. First one coming in from Mr. Undrafted. My father-in-law has season tickets to the Rams. What are the chances I can convince one of you guys to go to the Broncos game against the Rams next year in Los Angeles? I mean, probably good. That's pretty amazing, Mr. Yeah. Undrafted. Yeah, right that would there. be amazing. Pretty awesome uh, <laughs> offer there. Where did you see that? I don't see that. It's uh, out of order here. Mr. Undrafted. Yeah, it's first, the first, first, first one. comment if you, you see you it on the wrong uh, the wrong post there. I might be. <laughs> well, as yeah. you find it, I'll read the next one coming in from Melbourne Bronco. He says, "Hi guys, I can't believe the amount of Broncos fans still wanting Drew Locke as quarterback. I wouldn't matter if Hackett or Mike Shanahan was coaching; nobody could turn him around. If Drew ends up as a starter, might as well appoint Carrot Top as coach. The Stop. season would be a joke anyway." What percent chance do you think Drew would be the starter? See, this type of um, exaggeration just hurts your point so much. Like, we can, I can agree when you just say like Drew Locke's not the guy, but the ty- the conjecture and all that that you attach to it just it, it makes the point lose credibility in my in my opinion. Um, to me, success is all about situation, and so yes, Mike Shanahan I think really could make Drew Locke successful in, if he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, I get, get him one level above what he actually is. I was going to say, what's yeah. what's successful? Because I think a better coach could obviously make Drew Locke better, but mm-hmm. I don't think Drew Locke with any coach is turning into a top 10 quarterback. And, and w- when I mean that, uh, Sean McVay did an incredible thing with Jared Goff by doing it year in and year out. Maybe a coach can do that with Drew Locke for a year, but for him to turn into a top 10 quarterback – you, you don't just take a guy. Uh, you, you can't just do that as a coach. You have to have the guy with you, and then you can build him up. So I actually do agree with you there, Melbourne Bronco. The step higher is instead of being the 25th best quarterback, is he the 20th best quarterback? Maybe. 
what does that do for you? That just stinks even more. Yeah, and then it, then you get into a real dangerous spot if you give him a, a multi-year contract beyond that. And that and again, that's but the question yeah, here was turn him around, yeah. um, which he, just means make him going in the right direction. I think turn him around means mm. take him from a bottom ten quarterback to a top ten. I think it means like flip it entirely. There's no way the top getting into the top ten of quarterbacks in the NFL right now yeah. is like almost impossible. I don't think a good coach can make him top fifteen. I'd have to see who's sit, who we have sitting at fourteen, but I think it's possible. I mean, I, top ten is like just stacked with like future hall of famers i mean we 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 talk about uh derek carr being a top 12 guy could you see drew being right behind derek carr Mm. yes Mm. probably not i can't but i'm not saying it's likely i'm just saying it's i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i think he's i think like i said i'm only disagreeing with the with the conjecture of if drew locks the quarterback you might as well have carrot top as and and i think yes i agree with you it hurt it hurts his point so then his question what percent chance do you guys think drew will be the starting quarterback 30 percent one percent i i was gonna say five percent uh i they don't want it. I mean, when, when, when we talked, I think, Ryan, you picked this up. George, when we talked to George Payton when they hired Nathaniel Hackett, he was talking about, he just quickly mentioned, like, the quarterbacks we bring in, the new quarterbacks that are yeah, going mm-hmm. to be here. They're, they're done with him. Now, it doesn't mean that they're just going to cut him or trade him for a seventh. He may be around as a backup, but as a starting, n- things would have to go so wrong with the Broncos' plan, in my opinion, for he- him to be the guy. The reason why I'd still say 30% is the possibility that you do bring— let, let's say you got, if it's an Aaron Rodgers, then okay, it's it, then the percent percentage has dropped. But there are the possibilities of drafting a quarterback and having Locke just kind of be the bridge to that next quarterback— Another possibility is if you trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or sign a Marcus Mariota in free agency and they're hurt, and then and then Locke is still there as the backup and he comes in, and that's why I'd still say it's probably about a – it's again, other possibilities are more likely, but I think maybe 2-10, is probably about right here. KJSTYD has a very, very long rebuttal to this, uh, essentially saying that they can't believe that there's so many people that don't believe in Drew Locke. And I'll just read the last paragraph here. And if you want to read the whole thing, it's it's a very long rebuttal with, with a lot of facts here. And it says, I'm not advocating for Locke starting for us for 2022, but he's neither as bad or hopeless or as good as most of us Broncos country seems to think, in my opinion. His career stats aren't much worse than Baker's. And on any given year, are eerily similar, but I think Baker is still viewed as a decent starting quarterback, at least one where there's potential he could be good. I don't know. just seems crazy that people view him as completely busted, that nothing could possibly elevate his game to even competent starting quarterback. But want us to draft a quarterback, any one of the quarterbacks in the draft is an alternative. Where would Locke rank if if he was in this year's draft? He doesn't deserve anything in particular. He's not owed anything. It's production-based league but seems like having him on the roster, learn as a backup, and see if he can turn into anything is pretty low-risk way to approach it. I'd have him as QB5 this year. I don't think so, man. You really would? Based on what we saw at the Senior Bowl from Drew Locke? I'd have him behind behind Willis. I'd have him behind Pickett. Pickett's a lot more accurate. I'd have him behind Howell. More accurate deep ball in particular. I'd have him behind Corral. I think that... Most people, if Drew Locke was in this draft, just 
Not the Drew Locke that we've seen now. The Drew Locke that we saw coming out of college. The Drew Locke that went to the Senior Bowl. Who fell to 42. Yep, for sure. Uh, I think people would have him as QB3 at the yeah. lowest. Yeah, and I, I, think I'm a, I think I'm at QB3 or 4 right now. I could see people making a case for uh, Willis. Uh, he's got those Kyler Murray traits and Kyler was in that draft. Uh, and then also Sam Howell, I think, could be above him as well. And Drew was QB3 in his draft, right? Yeah. QB4. QB4? Mm. Okay. Behind Daniel Jones, Kyler, Dwayne Haskins, and Kyler. And Kyler. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Not looking like a very good quarterback class. No. Kyler's got to uh, step it up and carry them. And he could really be the only one. Yeah, for yep. sure. Uh, next one's from Omaha. Uh -oh. Coming at you, Zach. Hey, Zach, buckle up. On December 16th, before the Broncos played the Bengals, I commented that I bet my brother $1,000 that Jamar Chase would win Rookie of the Year. His pick, if you remember correctly, was Mac Jones. Here's what you had to say after reading my comments. I stand by it all. And I quote, yeah, I've got to say, Omaha, I'm hurt. Why would you pick against my guy Mac Jones here? And that's going to cost you $1,000 because, unfortunately, wide receiver has to be incredibly special to win this award over a QB, especially when the QB is playing at the level that Mac is. Jamar Chase is going to need a couple 200-yard games like he's already had this season, but he's going to need more of those in order to win this award. You're going to lose $1,000 to your brother, and let's just say my heart's with your brother right now because picking Mac is a good choice there. Ah, and I stand by it completely because did, what did he, he did, do? He, did. he went out and had a 266-yard game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I said he'd have to have another one of those 200-yard games, and he did. What Jamar Chase did, incredibly special. Incredibly special. Mac Jones, I'm not like hurt by what Mac Jones did, getting probably second in the offensive player or offensive rookie of the year conversation. Jamar Got to give it up to him. After that comment, he had a 125-yard game, a 266-yard game, a 26-yard game, a 116-yard game, a 109-yard game, and a 54-yard game. He was incredibly special. He was. And so I'm happy you won $1,000. I got to give uh, Omaha's mic drop here. He says, well, bud, let's just say my heart's with my brother, too. I'm sure it ain't going to feel all that great uh, after handing that stack over to me this weekend. Perhaps you want to hang those crimson-colored glasses back up on the mm. shelf until next season, big guy. Nothing crimson. Nothing crimson about saying Mac Jones is uh, the truth. It's all love, though, Zach. You'll always have Mac the truth, Jones. There we go. Uh, grittying in the Pro Bowl. Peace out. Uh, I'm so happy Mac Jones didn't win this award. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yep. you are. I'm very but, happy about uh, that. I'm so happy what Mac Jones did this year. Uh, yes, unable to throw the ball in cold weather. Ah, <laughs> no. Pro Bowl <laughs> season from a rookie. Uh, True Champ Fan 24 finishes us off here and says, My peoples, will see means nothing to me as a parent. It's the easiest way to say no to your kid. Uh, without having them melt down at the grocery store. Thank you. Uh, I do hope he decides on Denver, but at this point, I'm fully on board drafting Malik Willis and running Drew Locke out one more time. Oh, wow. Under what looks to be like a promising system. That's where I am. Hope Vaughn returns, but give me Adams all day in free agency over Vaughn. Uh, if that's the choice, as RK said, I want touchdowns. Wait, wait, I'm Love confused. Was Aaron Rodgers talking to his son in the grocery store when he said, we'll see? <laughs> well, can you're, we not no, do this? No, no, you're, no, you're, no. He wasn't. He wasn't. But you're trying to get people to shut up. You're trying to get your kid to shut up. No, you are, yes. try you are yeah. trying to make yourself be relevant no. and have people talk about you and, mm. and create drama and stir drama. Well, that yeah. The thing is, it wasn't like he did it into a camera. He just did it to the fans. Uh, he knew there were cameras. And he knew there were people. No, totally. I, I'm just saying, like, he, to me, it was in between what you guys. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't really something. Sure. We spent a lot of time discussing something that 
wasn't nothing but wasn't really something. If, yes. if we're talking about the Broncos potentially getting a Hall of Fame quarterback, wait, if we're talking about the Broncos potentially getting a Hall of Fame quarterback, you talk about anything that's something. Also, uh, so many people complain about this stuff. This is the off season. This is where you t- where you spend a lot of time talking about something that might be something and might be nothing. That's the fun of it. And we're here five days a week yes. breaking down everything and with this the Broncos. Here happens to be the last of those five days. Uh, appreciate all of you guys who tuned in all weekend. That's not pretty week. sad. It is sad. That's pretty gruesome. I, I felt oh, like man. you know I I only got a little uh, a little piece. That's true. Uh, of of the pod this week, so we'll was, make up for it next week. We will. Excited to do that. Excited for this weekend. Appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. One more super chat. Oh, buzzer beater. There it is. There we go. From BK. <laughs> uh, rather build the team through the draft, but. Rams path makes more sense. We are a QB away. Makes more sense to me to trade for one with the team's current state. Mm, and and mm-hmm. I agree with you, BK. Uh, I, I think that's where the Broncos are right now. They're more likely to go the Los Angeles Rams path. Are they, though? Because, I mean, the Rams with a, you know, kind of a mid-tier quarterback were having perennial winning seasons and went to a Super Bowl. What so. did they do last year? I, I'm honestly asking. They lost in the divisional round. Remember by... Golf was hurt. They had to go with, I think, John Wolford. John Wolford. In yes, that game against Green those. Bay. Yeah. Yep. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you guys, everyone, for uh, chiming in. And thank you, Buana, for letting us know about that super chat. Later, guys.